Hello and welcome to Dream City Omaha. My name is Kerrigan and I want to thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time, please let us know by texting WELCOME to 402-383-1874. Now sit tight as service is about to begin. Today, as we as we put a bow on top of it, you're not gonna re, you're, you're not gonna really get the full full context of where we are today without understanding where we've been. And so we 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 talked about what does it mean? Why do we why do we need to be born again? How do we access this new life? And then after that, we went to First John, and we read John's letter to a, a group of believers. In and in First John, John writes and says, "Listen, now that we've been born again, there's really there's really John writes about two birthmarks." Of a, of a follower of Christ, of somebody who's accessed this new life. And the first one was that we, we don't have to live according to our sinful nature. That we as followers of Christ, as those who have been made alive in and through Christ, should be living as, as overcomers to sin rather than as slaves to sin. So he said as, as, as followers of Jesus, one of the birthmarks is that we're not controlled by our sinful nature. Last week, we, we talked about love and how that, that John says, listen, God is love. And anybody who, who says that he has relationship with God but doesn't love is a liar because if you're in Christ, you can't help but love. We talked about what is love? What does that look like? We, we played some, some love songs last week for those of you that were here, those of you that joined us online. Today, we're gonna, we're gonna finish it up because as we look at it, if we, if we have this new life in Christ and if we have the expectations or there, there should be these, these birthmarks in our lives of, of overcoming sin and loving not just Christ, not just my, my, my friends, not just those who, who are my fellow believers, but even as Jesus said, to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. If, if, we, if we are to love people that way, how many know that's, that's hard? Okay, three of you do, the rest of you are liars. It's hard, it's hard to, to do that. It's hard to live that life. And so, so if that's what we are called to do and if that's how we are called to live, how do we do that? And I think if we go back to the beginning of 1 John, he gives us a little, a little glimpse into how we can do that. So 1 John chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. If you didn't bring your Bibles, uh, the verses will be on the screens. If you download the Dream City Omaha app, all of the, the sermon notes and everything will be in there for you as well. But here's what he says in, in verse 1. John writes and he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and we have seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and we proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that what we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. If you have your Bible, if you're following along in, in an app, I would circle, I would highlight, I would underline that word fellowship so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship together, our fellowship, underline that word fellowship as well, is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we pray that over the next few moments as we, as we study your word, as we examine your word, I pray that your word would come alive to us. 
that these would not be mere words on a page, but Lord, we, we know that this is the living, the active, the breathing word of the Lord inspired by you and inspired through the Holy Spirit. And so, so Lord, I, I pray that you would, you would do what only you can do today. Speak to every heart, speak to every life, those that are here in person, those that are watching online. God, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves today. I pray that you would invade our space, invade our hearts, invade our minds. God, that we would leave transformed by the power of your word because your word always accomplishes the purpose that it was sent out for today. So would these not be my words, but yours? Would you have your way? In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. As we read the text, as we read 1 John, we, we've looked at 1 John chapter 2, we've looked at 1 John chapter 3, and, and we've kind of bounced around as he, he, he kind of ping-pongs between these two ideas of, listen, you have new life, so stop sinning. You have new life, so love one another. You have new life, so, so don't be controlled by your sinful nature. You have new life, and so you need to, to love as God is loved, because God is in you, and you are in him, and so there should be love coming out of, out of you. But but if we pause and we go back to the beginning, we see John kind of set the foundation and he set the tone for the rest of his letter by saying this, listen, Jesus, who we have seen and we have heard, we, we saw him with our own eyes, we touched him with our own hands, we shared meals with him, we, we fellowshiped with him, we were, we were literally there. Have you ever told this story when you're like, no, I was there. Like, it's not something that I saw on TV. Like, this isn't third hand. This isn't, this isn't third party. I was there. That's what John's doing. He's saying, I was there. But, but the reason we're telling you these things is so that you can share in the joy that we found. So the joy that we found, we want you to find as well. Well, how did you find that joy, John? And he said, it's through fellowship through fellowship with one another and it's through fellowship with the Father and with Jesus. As we look at that word fellowship, it's one of those, it's one of those Christianese words. It's one of those words that we use in church a lot. We, we, we throw it out there, you know, Wednesday night, we're gonna, we're gonna come together for worship and then we're gonna have nachos. Why? Because we want to create an atmosphere of fellowship. You need to get into to small group. Why? Because you need Fellowship. We gather together as the local church, an expression of God's heart. Why? Because we are called to fellowship. It's one of those words that we read time and time again in God's word. It's one of those words that we use time and time again in church on Sundays. But do we really understand what that word means? See, in, in the Greek, here's what the word, here's the, the word that they use. It's the Greek word koinonia. Now, koinonia is defined as weird fellowship, but it goes on because it's not just fellowship. What does that really mean? It's defined as intimacy, closeness, involvement, or participation. It's not something that you can engage in on the sidelines. It's not something that you can have on the outside looking in. You have to be a part of it. You have to give yourself to it. There is a closeness. There is an intimacy. And intimacy is really what I want us to talk about today. I want us to, to talk about what does it mean to, to have fellowship with God, to be intimate with God, because you were created for that. Amen? 
Okay, I just didn't know if you guys were awake or you disagreed with me or what was going on there. We were created for intimacy with God. You go back to the garden and, and God made man and woman in his image, he made them. God's very image is an image of fellowship. It's an image of relationship. It's father, son, spirit, three in one. How can three be one without intimacy? How can we walk with God without intimacy? The Bible says that before they had eaten of the fruit that they were in the garden, they were naked and they felt no shame. That is a picture of how our relationship is to be with God. Naked. What is that? That's transparent. <laughs> That's very transparent. It's vulnerable. It's open. It's here's all of me. It's I have nothing to hide. I'm keeping nothing from you. That is the, the image of the relationship that we are to have. Yet when sin entered the world, it says that they ran and hid because they felt shame at their nakedness. There was a break in the intimacy that we were created for. And Jesus came as the mediator between God and man to renew and restore that intimate relationship that you and I were created for. So we have to, to understand intimacy. What, what is intimacy? What does that mean? Well, I, I, I looked in the dictionary and then I did the next best thing. I put it on Facebook. And I said, hey, Facebook world, how would you define intimacy? And here are some of the definitions that I was given through some of my Facebook acquaintances. I don't like saying Facebook friends because there's like thousands of them. And I'm not friends with all of them. So anyway, what is, what is intimacy? Facebook told me that intimacy is into me you see. Like if that helps you, then write it down. Somebody else said, intimacy is being vulnerable enough to share the unfake you without judgments or condemnation. I think that's good. Someone said, intimacy is when you allow or have been given access to someone's full self. You have the keys to all the rooms and the closets of someone's self, heart, mind, soul, etc. I like that picture. You have the keys to all the closets, to all the rooms. You have access to everything. To be intimate with someone is bearing it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, and still finding that safe place just to be vulnerable. Someone said that intimacy is defined as sharing curly fries, <laughs> to which my response back to them was, from where? Because that depends. Someone said intimacy is a raw personal connection where you are fully engaged and invested physically, spiritually, and emotionally with another. Jeez, I, I read through the, the 40 or so answers that I got from Facebook. I learned that we all have an idea of what intimacy is or what intimacy looks like, but, but they're different. Each one of us would define it a little bit differently. I looked into the dictionary to see what Merriam-Webster had to say. And, and Merriam-Webster defined intimacy as marked by very close association, contact, or familiarity. Like, okay, but that's kind of boring. That doesn't really, that doesn't really do anything for me. Thank you, Webster, but that doesn't, that doesn't help me in trying to pursue intimacy with God and with other people. So, so I sat down, and, and before I put it out on Facebook, I had kind of jotted down my own thoughts and what I, what I would say intimacy is. And, and here's, here's, here's John Weasel's definition of intimacy. Intimacy is knowing someone deeply 
while at the same time being deeply known by them, created and fostered through mutual transparency, vulnerability, proximity, and time. That would be, that would be, if you want to clap, you can clap. I wasn't expecting that, but okay. That would be my definition of, of what true intimacy looks like. Now, as we leave this up on the screen, I want you to, to just pause for a moment and ask yourself this question. If this is what intimacy is, if this is what, what intimacy is defined, would this define my relationship with God? Because if I'm created to be in relationship with God, if I'm created to be intimate with him, and this is intimacy, does this, does this speak to not the relationship that I would hope to have with God, but does this speak to the current state of my relationship with God? Is my relationship with him where I know him deeply and he knows me deeply? Where I don't hold anything back from him and he's not holding anything back from me, do I, do I foster that? Am I transparent with him? Am I vulnerable with him? Do I, do I spend time with him? Am I close to him? I think if we were honest, all of us would take a look at this and we would take a look at the, the intimacy scale and say, well, we're, we're not as far along that scale as we would like to be. Like, I, I think all of us, regardless of where we find ourselves today, would, would be able to say there is always room for growth. We can always grow in this way, but I think, I think if we were really honest, a lot of us here would probably say, we're not as far as maybe we should be. Like, I, I wish I was a little bit further along. As I evaluate just even in this moment, my relationship with God, there are things that, there are things that are lacking in that. And it's not just what you would say, but flip it around, because if intimacy is between two people, one person can't be intimate and the other not. Intimacy is mutual. So you might think that you're intimate, but, but flip it around. What would God say about your relationship? If you were to ask God, God, how is our relationship? Would you say that this defines our relationship? I think one of the problems with the modern church today is, is that rather than affecting the culture around us, we have oftentimes been more affected by the culture than doing the affecting. I think one of the consequences of that as those who have been created to be in intimate relationship with the Father is when we, when we are affected by culture and we look to culture to tell us what intimacy is and we see what culture says intimacy is and then we try and transpose that onto our relationship with God. It's so far from his original design. We, we don't really understand what intimacy is. And then we get into relationship with one another and we have no way of even fostering or creating intimacy. I think it would be, it would be sad for me as, as a pastor. I, I, I was thinking about it this week and, and really for us as a church, for us as followers of Christ to evaluate how intimate we are with the Father versus just coming to church and checking something off of a box. I think if we were honest, I could probably play you a 10 second audio clip of a famous pastor. And many of you would probably recognize the voice just in that 10 seconds. If I played a 10 second clip of Stephen Furtick, many of you would probably recognize and be able to say that's Pastor Stephen. If I played T.D. Jakes, many of you would be able to say that's, that's Bishop. 
If I were to, to play Joel Osteen, just by his, his slight little Southern drawl, you guys would, you'd be able to, to just hear the smile coming through in the audio and know that that was Joel Osteen. I could, I could play Tony Evans and you guys would know. Many of you would be able to say, I know that voice. I know that pastor. As followers of Jesus, what does it say about us if we are quicker to recognize the voice of some famous pastor than we are to recognize the voice of God? 10 seconds, I recognize that pastor's voice, but how do I hear God's voice? Why can't, I, why, can't I, why can't I determine if this is God, if this is me, or if this is the enemy, or if it's just the pizza that I ate last night? Like, is this God, is this something that God's saying to me as a follower of Jesus, you should be so intimate with him that there is no mistaking his voice. We need to, to understand that that is what we were created for. And as we, as we look at this, there's two things that I, I really want to talk about today and then hopefully give you some, some tips and some keys and, and something that you can take and apply to your life today. But the, the first thing is as followers of Jesus, I want you to know it's not enough just to know about God. It's not enough just to know about him. We can come into church and, and and we can talk about Jesus and you can have all kinds of information. You could be able to quote scriptures. You could, you could be able to tell me all the things that Jesus did and all the miracles that he worked. But listen, it's not enough just to know about him. This morning, I could tell you a lot about Michael Jordan. I could tell you that he was born February 17th, 1963. How do you remember that? Well, first of all, that's my anniversary. So like the two help me remember each other. February 17th, 1963, Michael Jordan was born. I could tell you he was born in Brooklyn. I could tell you he graduated from the University of North Carolina. And I could tell you what he majored in, cultural geography. I could tell you a lot about Michael Jordan. But what I could not do is pick up my phone, punch in some numbers, and call Michael Jordan. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. Why? Because I know about him, but I don't know him. It's not enough to know about God. Do you know him today? And as we read God's word, I think there's a, a passage of scripture that really, like it, if I, if I can be honest, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. It's in Matthew chapter seven and Jesus is, is teaching and he, here's what Jesus said. He says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. Jesus says, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. This scares me. This puts the fear of God in me. Why? Because he's not talking about people in the world. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's not talking about those who are out there who know that they're living wrong. He's talking about people who, who think they're tight with Jesus. These people who will stand before him and say, say God, did we not? Did we not do? Listen, it's, this, this verse is telling us, not only is it not enough just to know about him, but it's not even enough to do for him. It's not enough to come to church. It's not enough to serve in a ministry. It's not enough to go on a missions trip. It's not enough to tithe. It's not enough to give. It's not enough to do these things. It's not enough to prophesy. 
It's not enough to cast out demons in his name. Many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all of these great things for you? And his response is, I never knew you. Two things. That word knew, I never knew you. This is the same word that is used when it speaks of Joseph and Mary and Mary getting pregnant before Joseph knew her. Joseph had not known her and yet Mary got pregnant. This word knew is is an intimate knowing. It's a close relationship, knowing like nobody else knows you. I never knew, I never knew you. But God, you know my you know my mom, you know my auntie, you know my uncle, you know my grandma, you know, you know my family. God, look at who my family is. And he says, but I didn't know you. You can't, you can't hang your eternity on someone else's relationship with God. It has to be your own. I never knew you. It's not enough for us to know about God or even do for God. We have to know and be known by God. We have to know God not for what he's done, not for, for how he makes us feel. Do you know God not for the goosebumps that you feel when you come into church, but do you know God for who he is? Or is all you know about God, when I come and Pastor Andre sings that one song, then it gives me all the feels, and then that's when I know that God is really there. When Pastor John preaches and, and you know, I, I get so encouraged and, and I feel so enlightened and, and lifted up, it's like, it's like there's this weight that's been, and that's when I know God. Do you know God for what he does for you, for, for how he makes you feel? Or do you know him for, for who he is and who he wants to be in your life? See, I think a lot of us come to church every week lacking intimacy with our, in our relationship with him. And so we come into church to try and get a, a quick fix. Just make it transactional. I will give a little bit of my time if God will give back to me. And look, I have relationship with him. Listen, that's not intimacy. If anything, it's professional intimacy. If anything, it's transactional intimacy. And do you know what professional and transactional intimacy is called? Prostitution. We treat God that way. God, I, I will have a relationship with you if you do. I will have a relationship if you make me feel. We come into church and it's like, well, well, I need a blessing and my finances are a mess. So God, I will start giving. And then when you can straighten out my finances, then I'll be good. It's transactional intimacy. It's prostitution. And we come into church every week or for some of us every other week or for some of us really when we feel empty. And it's like, Pastor John, create an atmosphere in an environment where I can really quickly feel intimate with God and then leave feeling better. Listen, I am not your spiritual pimp. Creating a rendezvous for you and God to get together so that you can feel good about yourself and then leave with no strings attached. And listen, I'm sorry if, if, if the language is a little bit forward today. I'm sorry if I've offended some of you with what I've said, but how, would, how do you think God feels when you're treating him that way? When you come in and it's like, God, do for me, give for me. But when I leave, I want nothing, nothing to do until I get empty and then I come back to you for the same thing again. We use God for for those quick moments, fooling ourselves, saying that we will have relationship with him when in reality, we don't. So how do, I, how, do I, how do I find true intimacy? Here's what we need to understand about intimacy. Intimacy is a result, not an ingredient. 
Intimacy is a result, not an ingredient. I can see by the look on some of your faces, you're not really, so let me, let me put it into terms that many of us will get. Pizza is a result, it's not an ingredient, right? Like you don't add pizza to anything, although you could add it to anything. <laughs> but not many of us do. Pizza is the result, it's not the ingredient. You need other things to make a pizza. What do you need? You need the dough. You need the cheese, you need the sauce. What else do you need? You need the meat. Like if you want veggies, you can do veggies. If that floats your boat, then, then yeah, if you want veggies, go for it. But really, if we really boil it down, there are four main ingredients needed for any good pie. It's the dough, it's the sauce, it's the cheese, and it's the meat. And some of you are like, well, Pastor John, you don't have to put meat on it. You could just have a cheese pizza. No, a cheese pizza is not a pizza. A cheese pizza is simply an Italian quesadilla. Like that's... <laughs> And that's all cheese pizza is. So you, need, so you need all of these other ingredients to come together under the right environment to produce the desired result that is pizza. Pizza is not a singular ingredient in and of itself. You can't go pull it off of a tree somewhere. You can find apples on apple trees, oranges on orange trees. But if you could make a pizza tree, forget the Nobel Prize. They'll name prizes after you. We need ingredients in order to make intimacy is the same thing. Sometimes we, we come to church or we're, we're in relationship and it's like, well, I just need to add just a little bit of intimacy. I just need, if there's just, there just a little bit of intimacy in this relationship or a little bit of intimacy in my relationship with God, then, then we would have a great relationship. Listen, intimacy doesn't produce great relationships. Great relationships produce intimacy. Not the other way around. It's not something that you can just add because it's a result. It's, intimacy is the result of all the other little choices that you've made every single day that will either lead you to intimacy or from intimacy in every relationship that you have. It's like shoots and ladders. You guys ever play shoots and ladders? You roll the dice and you move your little guy and if you land on a ladder, what happens? You go up and then you roll the dice, but if you land on a shoot, what happens? You go back down, you lose ground. It's the same way. Intimacy is the same way. Where shoots and ladders is determined upon the roll of a, of a dice, intimacy in your life is determined by the choices that you make every single day. So you can choose to make choices that lead you to intimacy or choose to make choices that take away from intimacy. It's a result of the, the choices that every one of us makes as we read God's word. God speaks something to you. He brings conviction in your life. Now you have a choice. Do I take the ladder or do I take the chute? Because whatever you do next will determine your level of intimacy. God brings conviction. Do I confess and repent and take the ladder towards intimacy? Or do I say, you know what? I'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. Nobody has to know. Let me just put it in my closet over here. What happens? We take the chute that takes away from our intimacy. Worship night, Wednesday night, awesome. You have a choice. Will you take a ladder to intimacy by choosing to come and be close to God and spend time with God and draw near to God? Or, you know what? I'm so busy. I got so much stuff going on. They don't need me. There's gonna be enough people there. I don't have to go. I worship in my car on the way to church. I worship in my car on the way to work. I worship. I, everything I do is, is an act of worship. We take the shoot 
back down that detracts. Join a small group. You have a choice. Am I going to pursue intimacy? Am I going to make choices that lead to intimacy? Or do the choices that I make detract from intimacy? It's the same in your relationships. Listen, men, women, those of you that are married, those of you that are dating, those of you that are engaged, those of you that one day want to date or be engaged or get married. The intimacy in your relationships is dependent on the choices that you make every single day. It's not some ingredient that you can just add to your relationship, but it's the, the result of the choices that you're already making. When you come home and you kick off your shoes and you throw your socks in the middle of the floor and you lay down and the first thing that when your wife walks in, first thing out of your mouth is when is dinner going to be ready? Guess what? That's a shoot if I've ever seen one. That, that those choices are not going to lead you to a place of intimacy or you get home early and you take out the trash and you unload the dishwasher and you start cleaning up and, and you do all of those things that she wants you to do without having to ask you to do them. And she gets home and you're already, you're already cooking dinner. Guess what? Send the kids to grandma and grandpa's because... You just took a ladder to intimacy town, sir. <laughs> the choices that you make, listen, the choices that you make every single day in every relationship are either leading you towards intimacy or pulling you from intimacy, but you can't get away from that. So what are the ingredients? If I'm, if I'm trying to make this pizza of intimacy, what do I need? Well, let's go back to the definition. What was, what was the definition? The, the definition was it was created through mutual transparency and vulnerability. Are you transparent? Are you vulnerable in your relationships? Are you vulnerable in your relationship with God? Are you transparent in that relationship with him? Listen, you want to read about intimate relationship with God and openness and transparency and vulnerability and God hears all of me? Just read through Psalms. <laughs> David didn't hold anything back. David was a mess. But David loved God. He was a mess. And some days David would write, God, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know why you're doing it. And I don't know why everybody hates me. And our pets' heads are falling off. And all of this stuff is happening around us. And then there are days where David just, he just writes, God, I just want to be with you. It would, it would be better for me to be a doorkeeper in your house than a king somewhere else. God, I just want to be in your presence. That's intimacy, that's transparency, that's, that's openness. David, in Psalm 139, look at what David writes. He, he writes, he says, search me, O God. Know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Transparency, God, know the innermost parts of me. Don't just know them, but God, would you call them out? If there's anything that offends you, vulnerability. God, is there anything in me that, that makes you mad? How many of you married couples, when you first got married, you found that there were things that the other person did that really offended you? <laughs> you have pet peeves in your relationship. Anybody pet peeves? I'm the only one. Okay, several of us. Good. Pet peeves. Listen, one of my pet peeves, and Angel's not here today, so I can speak freely. <laughs> Semi-freely, because I don't want to take that shoot. But one of my pet peeves is, is being able to hear when somebody else is eating. It just like, it just drives me like, it's like nails on a chalkboard, but worse for me. Um, she's probably online in the chat right now, just like letting me know. Vince is giving me the thumbs up, so I know she's there. 
But when Angel snacks, she doesn't, she doesn't snack on soft food. When Angel snacks, it's carrots. It's like crunchy things. And so like every now and then, it's like, what's up, Doc, is in my kitchen eating a carrot. And for, for it's like Angel just like, and then she'll look at me. She's like, how, do you, how are you supposed to eat a carrot quiet? How do, you, how do you do that, John? How do you eat a carrot quietly? But there are things in relationships that when you look into one another, it's like, can we, can we, can we adjust this? Can we, can we change this? Can we address this? Can we talk about this? Can we look at this? When God comes and he points things out in your life, what choice do you, do you make? You say, God, if this, if this offends you, I don't want to do anything because I want to be intimate with you. I want, to, I want to be aware of those things. And so, God, if there's anything in my life that offends you or that you don't like, God, would you remove that? Would you show it to me so that I could remove it? Would you point it out to me so that I'm not, I'm not ignorant about it, but God, so that then I can do something with it? See, we were made for intimacy. We crave intimacy. We need intimacy. We are searching for intimacy. Why do you think the number of people who watch pornography is at record highs in climbing? Because we're looking for intimacy in all the wrong places. Maybe I'll find it here. Maybe I'll find it there. Maybe it's over here. And listen, it's, it's not there. We crave intimacy, but here's the problem. The vulnerability that is required to foster intimacy scares the heck out of us. Like, I, I want to be intimate, but that requires me showing all of me. That, that requires me sharing my, my deepest fears. That requires me sharing the, the failures that, that I make on a daily basis. That, that requires me giving all to you because it's not just about what can I get from you, but intimacy is how much of myself can I give to you? The vulnerability that is required to foster that scares the heck out of us. And so we settle for, for false intimacy and fake intimacy and fool ourselves into thinking that we've found it. When God points something out, do you take the ladder or do you ride the chute down? What was the, the next thing we, we talked about was, was proximity. James chapter four, look at what James says. He says, come close to God and God will what? He will come close to you. How close are you to God? Are you drawing near to him? Are you pursuing him? Are you, are you longing after him? David would write, my soul longs for you as the, as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. God, I just want, I just want to, to be there. I want to chase you. I want to be close to you. God, I need, I need you. Does that define your relationship with him? Or is it, eh, if I go a week without his presence, if I go a week without his word, if I go a week without hearing his voice, I'll be okay. That deer can go a week without that water. I'll be, I'll be fine. How do you know what the, the closest or the, the hottest planet is? Mercury, some of you are like, my very earnest mother just made me nine pizzas. Mercury is the hottest planet. What's the coldest planet? Keep in mind, I grew up in the 90s. Pluto, because Pluto. Pluto is still a planet, dwarf planet or not. Don't tell me Pluto's not a planet. The hottest planet is what? Mercury. The coldest planet is Pluto. Why is Mercury the hottest? Closest to the sun. Why is Pluto the coldest? 
furthest from the sun. So their proximity to the sun determines their condition. Your proximity to the sun, not the big orange sun, but the sun who came and gave his life for you. Your proximity to the sun determines your condition. How close are you to him? How far are you from him? What does that look like? If you want intimacy, then draw close to him. The next thing was, was time. David, again, look at what David writes. This one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is this the thing that you seek the most in your life? Is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to be with you. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter where we're going. It doesn't matter if it's flashy. It doesn't matter if it's miracles. It doesn't matter if I'm laid out. It doesn't matter all of those. None, none of that matters. I just want to be with you. It doesn't matter how I feel in the moment. It doesn't matter what you do for me or you don't do for me. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to dwell in your presence. Prayer leads to intimacy. Silence leads to intimacy. Listen, some of you just need to shut up. (laughs) But for real, stop. Because again, intimacy is mutual, right? It's created through mutual transparency, vulnerability, proximity, time. It's, it's, It's both ways. There is no one way intimacy because again, that's professional intimacy and we've already discovered we don't want that. So it has to be both ways. If I got home every day and just sat down and unloaded on Angel and then said, okay, I'm done, I'm going to bed and never just stopped talking and listened to her heart, never just stopped talking and let her share about her day, would there be any intimacy? No, there would be no intimacy because it would just be one way. And so I'd leave thinking we're good. Meanwhile, Angel sitting there like, there was just so much that I needed to talk to you about, but you didn't even give me an opportunity. Some of us treat God the same way. God, I need this and I need you to do that. And God, you know what's happening. And so if you would just fix this problem and God, 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 okay, I'll see you next Sunday. God's like, but I wanna be intimate with you. I wanna spend time with you. If you would just be quiet and let me speak to you, you're wondering why you can't hear my voice. It's because you're doing all the talking. Silence. Reading his word leads to intimacy. Memorizing his word. Obeying his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Not out of, out of obligation, but out of an overflow of the love that you have for me. You want to create intimacy? Start obeying his word. You want to create intimacy? Start attending church regularly. You want to create intimacy? Start being generous with your time, talents, treasures. You want to, be, you want to create intimacy? Stop, stop sinning. You want to create intimacy? Start fasting. You want to create intimacy? Start doing the things that create intimacy. Stop doing the things that detract from your intimacy. How do I be more intimate with God? Start today and it's one choice at a time. And then when you come to another choice, Choose the ladder. Don't choose the shoot. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to do going to create intimacy? And if it is, then I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't, then I'm just going to pause. Because intimacy is the result of all the choices that we make. Matt, you can come back to the, to the keys this morning. And I'm going to close. I'm going to close by sharing a story. I saw Miss Mary Lou walk in today. And where is, where is Miss Mary Lou? I know she was here. Maybe she's, oh, she's back. Miss Mary Lou, I love you. Uh, I'm gonna share some pictures today from our our trip to Africa. Several years ago, uh, we were able to go on a missions trip to to Africa. In fact, it was 10 years ago 
this year, which is crazy to think about. But we went to, to Zimbabwe with an organization called Children's Cup, and we were ministering to, to, to children in, in a lot of these rural African villages. And it was an incredible time. We were there for like 12 days. And, and listen, it was life-changing. Like I came back and I remember the first time I walked into Walmart after being there, I got mad at everybody that I saw. It's like, you spoiled Americans. You have no idea. So I came back and it was life-changing, but, but at the end of that trip, we got the opportunity to go to a place called Victoria Falls. And I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Victoria Falls, if you've seen postcards of Victoria Falls. It's, it's an incredible, amazingly beautiful, honestly, like I couldn't even put into words what that experience was even like. You have the sound, you have the, the sound of the water crashing below, you have the, the mist that's rising, you, you hear it, you see it, you feel it. It's just like, it's wow. And so at the end of the trip, the, the trip leader's like, let's go to Victoria Falls. It'll be great. We're gonna spend the day there. And so, so we're, we're there. And as we're walking on the trail, you know, the closer you get to it, the, the more you begin to, to hear it. And I can hear it, but I can't see it yet. And we came around a corner and I can hear it. And I think we're getting close because it's kind of loud at this point, but I can't see it yet. We came around the another corner and that was when like through the trees, I got my first glimpse at Victoria Falls. And, and guys, if you wanna go ahead and put that picture up there. This was, this was the picture that I took. Came around the corner and I'm still, we're still a good ways from the falls. But as I came around the corner and I saw that, I just was like, I just, it stopped me in my tracks. So impressed by the sight that I was saying. Felt so grateful to even be there to be able to, to see that in person. Many people will never have the opportunity that I have in this moment. Let me just, let me just take it all in. Stood there from a distance, just impressed by the scope of it. The guy said, well, let's, keep going. I said, wait, we can, we can get closer. He's like, yeah, let's get closer. So we continued walking on the trail and came around the corner, put that next picture up and we get to this point. And as we get to this point, people start putting on raincoats and start pulling out umbrellas. If you've ever been to Niagara, I'd imagine it's kind of similar. All the, the water crashing creates this mist shower that if you're not prepared for it, you're about to get pretty wet. And so we're from afar, I looked upon it and I was impressed by it. Now I was close enough to it where I'm actually getting wet and I'm being affected by it. Now it's having a direct effect on me physically. And as I looked, there's a trail that kept going and he said, well, let's go a little bit closer. And I said, well, I don't know, cause this is pretty close. He says, well, let's, let's go closer. And my friend walked ahead of me and I took this picture of, of a friend of mine by the name of, of Dan. And Dan is standing literally on the edge of a sheer drop straight down to the bottom of the falls. And, and Dan was looking over and he said, John, you have to come. You've got to see this. 
And I said, Dan, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm pretty good right where I'm at. Heights is not one of my, fa- like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of heights, but it's just not my favorite. And so Dan, Dan's like, John, you have to come look at this. Hey, do I really though? I said, just come and see. So as I walked around to where Dan was at, this is what, this is what I saw. Go put that next picture up there. Looking down into this waterfall. And I don't know if you can see it, but it's a double rainbow. I almost went double rainbow guy on it. It's a double rainbow down and you can't see it from afar. You can't see it even five feet back from where I was. It was only when you got right up to the edge that you were able to look down. And when I first came around the corner, remember I was impressed by it. That's incredible, that's amazing, so impressive. And as I got closer to it, I began to get affected by it. And now I'm standing on the edge, looking down at it and I'm just completely overwhelmed. And you can look at this picture, but Mary Lou, you're the only one here that would even know this picture doesn't do it justice. Doesn't begin to, to show God's beauty in his creation. Doesn't begin to show, you can't hear the roar. You can't feel the mist. You can't, you can't see the scope of it as you look in. And as far as you can see, there is waterfall and rainbow. I'm standing there and I'm overwhelmed by it. Okay, but what does that have to do with intimacy, John? It's just a picture. Because you can come to church and you can see God from afar and be impressed. You can come once a week or once every other week or once in a while and, and hear a message and experience worship and be like, wow, that God, he, he sounds pretty cool. That's amazing. God is so big. God is so great. God is so, Im- I'm so impressed. You can choose to come a little bit closer and at that point get affected. And there might be some changes in your life that you make and you might start doing some things and stop doing some other things because the closer we get, we can't help but be affected by it. But the question is, do you just wanna be impressed? Do you just wanna be affected or do you wanna get so close to God where you're literally overwhelmed by his love? You wanna get so close to God that when people ask you, what is it with you in this church thing? Your only response is, I can't even put it into words. I can't even describe God's grace in my life. I can't even describe the mercy that he's shown me and the love that he's poured out for me. My God is so overwhelming that if you don't see it for yourself, you just won't get it. Like, is that what you want? for your relationship with him, then all you have to do is begin making choices that produce the result that you want. It's not hard, it's not difficult, it's not complicated, it's so simple. It's just about having the discipline to do it. To say, rather than satisfying myself, rather than just trying to fulfill my selfish desires, God, I wanna die to myself so that I could be so close to you that your love would just overwhelm me. Stand with me this morning. God, in this moment, I'm overwhelmed by your love. 
God, I'm overwhelmed by your grace. I'm overwhelmed by your mercy, by your faithfulness, by your goodness. God, we love you this morning. And as we read your word, as we get into your word, as we study your word, I thank you that it's always, it's always pointing out those things in us. Even as, as David prayed, God, search me. And, and if there's anything in my life that offends you, point it out to me that I might deal with it. God, today, I pray that we would not settle for being impressed with you from afar. God, I thank you that we are on this trail and we are on this journey and we have the choice to, to stay at a distance and view from a distance or we have the choice to pursue intimacy. God, I thank you that the closer we get to you, the more affected by you we become. And we, we thank you for those moments where you affect us. But God, we don't wanna stop at merely being affected. God, we want to be overwhelmed. We wanna be so close to you that there is, is nothing to even say. There is no words that could describe. God, as we go from this place, I pray that you would challenge each and every one of us. God, for those of us that, that need to take that first step, I thank you that anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That all we have to do is confess with our mouth that we are sinners, that, that you are who you said you are, that you are Lord. Believe in our hearts that you rose from the dead, that we would be saved, our names would be written into the, the book of life. And so Lord, we thank you for that. If that's us today, we're watching online. God, lead us in that first step that we might get on that ladder towards intimacy. God, if there are things in our lives that you need to point out, may we, may we shut up and be silent and be quiet and be still in your presence and give you an opportunity that we would be transparent and vulnerable enough to say, God, look and help me to do something about it. God, draw us close to you. We just wanna be close to you. We just wanna dwell in your presence. We wanna spend time with you. God, all those little things, all those little decisions that produce intimacy in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to take those ladders towards intimacy rather than putting it off to the side and taking the shoot and losing ground. God, we love you this morning. Go with us this week, be with us. May we be overwhelmed by your love in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Hey, listen, fellas, time out. Stop, don't move. Fellas, intimacy. You guys know what next Sunday is? Mother's Day. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to make sure. I want to set you up so that you can make good choices this week to produce intimacy in your relationships. Listen, next week's Mother's Day. Our prayer team is down here. If you have any needs or you want anybody to agree with you in prayer, we'd love to be able to minister to you in that way. If not, be blessed, be dismissed, church. Love you guys. Have a great week. Here at Dream City Omaha, we're all about three things. Helping people discover Christ, recover identity, or uncover purpose. If you enjoyed today's service, we encourage you to check out our past sermon series as well as our discipleship classes Give us a subscribe and we hope that we can help you grow no matter where you are.